Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Today I'll be speaking with Katie Blumquist, the founder and executive director of Going Places and the co-founder of the Nonprofit Entrepreneur Academy. She's got a lot going on and I love the fact that she just keeps putting herself out there, finding a need and filling it. Thought for the day, take some of those tips and tricks. It's not just going to be nonprofits. There's all kinds of tips that you can learn for any business owner or anybody looking to start a venture in this podcast. Any action, listen up, take notes, and apply some of the things that we talk about. We go through some challenges and ways to surmount those challenges in terms of starting and growing a nonprofit. But really, again, those can be applied to any business venture. So apply some of those things, especially towards the end. And also, Katie's available herself if you'd like to reach out directly and get some one-on-one help. Katie, Katie, thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate having me here. You bet. Um, so let's get started. Why don't you break down kind of the two entities, your nonprofit and then your your business as well. So sure. Tell the people what you got going on. Sure. Can we talk to you or this way? Either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, well, um, I have a nonprofit called Going Places, and mm-hmm. we provide disadvantaged kids with their most basic childhood right, which is a right to joy. Mm-hmm. And we do that by providing every single child at once in the low-income elementary schools with the new custom bike. So we're giving 400, 600 bikes at once to every child. So I've been doing that about four and a half years. And then I also um, founded an LLC. And in my LLC, I have a business partner Mm -hmm. who's in the UK. And together we created the Nonprofit Entrepreneur Academy. He's a uh, nonprofit consultant. And then, so between his expertise and my expertise of having founded and running a very successful nonprofit, there's really nobody we can't help. Mm -hmm. So we have three courses in the Academy, whether it be a nonprofit's just starting up or they're several years in and they're ready to scale, develop and grow. We take them on that journey. Awesome. So you have an international business (laughs) and a local nonprofit. Super. So we're going to dig into both, but I want to start with going places because I want people to understand that you had a journey and that's what gives you the chops to, I think, talk about the second company. So just give me an overview of how Going Places was born and, and honestly, just how it's kind of gained and grown in success. So I used to be a teacher at Pepper Hill Elementary School, which is a Title I school. Um, Title I means low income, high poverty. And I taught first grade and this little boy in my class asked me for a bike on his birthday. Mm-hmm. And it just got me thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm already so saturated in this environment of poverty. I'm aware of the shoes and the books and the beds and those kind of things they don't have. But I never thought about the things that bring us joy and the memories that we kind of all take for granted as a society, which is a bike as a kid. It's kind of a rite of passage. So I did a GoFundMe to get all 650 kids in my school bike and it went viral. Um, I raised over $80,000 in three months um, using GoFundMe. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. really wild. So I was a guest on the Steve Harvey show. He flew me out and donated 20000 Lester Holt flew in a camera crew and covered it. It was in Time Magazine, um, ABC World News, Today Show, Good Morning America. Um, it was, I mean, I could go on and on. It was crazy. Right. It was so amazing. So 
Um, I was able to I ended up leaving teaching mm-hmm. once the school year finished. We gave the bikes to all the kids there, and then I found it going places. And I've been running it um, full-time ever since now, four and a half years later. That's awesome. So you found a need. You filled it. And obviously, you know, someone could say there's a flash in the pan because it, it did get tremendous success early on. But you've obviously cultivated it. It's been going on for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. So that... Early success, how much did that transition into kind of the current success? Have you built on it different ways? Take me through that growth story. That was kind of a shock to the system because I expected it to just be that instant same thing, you know, just more money pouring in nonstop. And it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, People viewed it differently. It was this teacher doing a nice thing to a business, um, which it's. The only difference is it's tax deductible money now. (laughs) The sentiment is still the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but it was just all of a sudden a lot harder to get funds. Mm -hmm. So something I talk a lot about in my academy is your wow factor. Mm -hmm. And it's not, what are you doing better, but what are you doing different than what's out there already? And our big wow, it's the things that make you say, oh, wow. (laughs) When I tell you is we give to whole schools. Um, not just some kids. And so, you know, it's like I said, 400, 600 bikes at once. That's a lot, you know, it's a lot of bikes at once. It's a lot of money to raise and they're custom bikes. They're not just bikes from Walmart. We work with Kent bicycles, which is an international bike company. And mm-hmm. so our bikes are always a neon color in a white and a white. And then we name them. And every year we switch out the name and the neon color. Right. So they stand out and it's when you see 400 of those same bikes, you're like, Oh wow. You, know, you literally say that. So because I've it, people continue to want to share like and donate to that because mm-hmm. it's different than what you normally see. And it's something I've been able to emotionally connect with the public over mm-hmm. because in one way or another, every single person either grew up with a bike or they didn't. You're one side of the coin or the other. Right. Most of us grew up with a bike. Right. And if we didn't, you feel emotionally connected to, it was awful. All my friends had, you know, like, you know, you really want to give. And otherwise you did grow up with a bike and you think, what would my childhood have been like without that bike? Mm-hmm. So there's just so you know, people feel connected to it on either side. Right. So I think it's, it's a really good point. There's that emotional connection. You had that initial like boom. And then now kind of, where do you find your growth coming from? Is it kind of local? Is it still kind of social media wise? You know, you'd Steve Harvey come in from across the country. Right. Where do you see your growth from? We were able, you know, national media has kept up with us for years. They've continued to fly in, which has been amazing because that's extremely unusual. Mm -hmm. So that's continued a national following, which has been so great because we do, we'll receive several checks at the end of the year from companies in other States I've never heard of. Right. Um, so they're following us and they're watching, which is really wonderful, but it's mostly this community here in Charleston. It's, it's people here, it's businesses here. And a lot of people have said, you know, I've just been watching you for years to make sure like, you Mm -hmm. know what you're doing. And it wasn't like a one-time thing, Mm -hmm. like a fluke. And it's obviously, I know what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. it wasn't a one-time fluke. So a lot of them were like, okay, now I feel comfortable attaching our, our logo, our name, our reputation and our money to you. Right. So, um, it's just been constant networking and constant, you know, proving myself to people that, and then getting the right people around me, developing the right board is huge. And I have a, an amazing board that is really well connected in the community. And I strategically picked people for whatever their skill, talent, 
connections are. Right. And they're proving themselves like the right pick because they are really, it's not just all me, like they are connected to people who trust them mm -hmm. in their decisions. So they're like, okay, well, if you say they're great, then yeah, I want to, you know, I want to be part of this. Right. So you really, did you learn all of this? you know, through the school of hard knocks or did you have a mentor when you were doing all this early on? A little bit of both. Um, so I, the GoFundMe was just, I just trial, I built the plane while I flew it and huh. I just found, I was really good at public speaking and I found I was really good at connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And those were the two things. That's just what I needed to get this going, um, in the beginning. And then I was just doing a lot. Mm -hmm. on my own. And then I met someone, um, who Adam white, who used to be the executive director and co-founder of chase after a cure. And he did that for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So he had left there and just wanted to start helping me. So he actually joined our board for the past three years. His time, his board term was up, but we're still really good friends. And he was helped me a lot with just like little things I didn't know about, um, permit permitting for permits, like events and different board development things, things right. like that, that I just didn't know. But when it came to media and getting out there in the public, that mm -hmm. was stuff I just sort of was naturally good at. Like I just did. Right. It felt instinctual. That's your skill set. You know? Yeah. And then you would kind of surround yourself with people that have the other skills to complement exactly. what you got going on and, and it grows. So, um, part of the reason I want to pivot a little bit, part of the reason I wanted to have you on is you know, being in kind of the wealth management space, people inevitably have more than enough money. <laughs> and I don't want to say, and they don't like paying taxes, but they don't like paying taxes. So, you know, people look at nonprofits and they say, Hey, you know, I want to donate a little bit, which isn't easy. Like yeah. well, take a look at some and, and that's an easy gift to going places. But sometimes the, the ability to give supersedes a, you know, a little check and people have a passion to want to give. So I want to dive into your other, uh, business venture, and talk a little bit about now you have a desire to help others kind of mm -hmm. build something or grow as a, as a nonprofit. So take me through kind of what you're doing for the people that are like, I'm considering setting one of these things up and I want to learn a little bit. I want to talk about your academy and I want to talk about like how that helps other nonprofits and maybe get a, give them some nuggets that they can yeah. chew on from this as well. So take me through what the academy even is and you know, the focus and the passion behind it. Sure. So like I said, my business partner, Kev Kyatt, he lives in the UK. Mm -hmm. He's a nonprofit consultant and he works with like really high level nonprofits. Like he's worked with like whole school districts, you know, cause oh. they're technically a nonprofit. Um, and, and I've obviously found it going places. And so I know, you know, a lot of consultants know how to help fit, nonprofits grow, but they didn't actually do the legwork founding it. A lot of the executive directors will come into a nonprofit. They know how it works. They know how to run it, but they didn't, they weren't actually the one that found it. And from just me sitting alone at my computer on day one being like, okay, now what? You know, right. like I had to figure it out and build these people around me. So I have this unique um, insight that a lot of people don't have. Mm -hmm. And so, especially because it has become successful, I, there's just things I've seen myself do. I don't see other nonprofits doing. And so together, there's just no one we can't help. So really, I mean, nonprofits that are just starting out all the way to several years in, and they are like, okay, we're ready for that next higher level. So we have video lessons that it's their, their, the first two are 90 days. The third course is 120 days. And they're video lessons. So you watch them on your own time. Mm -hmm. And then we have weekly one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions via Zoom 
with he and I, where we can more curtail the lesson to what you're actually doing, but mm -hmm. we provide lesson, uh, worksheets, downloadable templates. So for instance, we provide you with like your bylaws so you can just edit them for like your nonprofit, but we give you it. It's been my lawyer created mm -hmm. it and gave it to, you know, that's what we use. Mm -hmm. We give you your, um, agenda for your board meetings. Um, every document you'll need in it, how, what your budget should look like. Cause a nonprofit budget looks very different than a for-profit budget. And right. not everyone knows that. Um, year one looks different than year three budget. So just, we give you those, those templates so you can just fill them in and not have to like, Oh, what do I do? Um, so lots of things like that. So are you, would you say you're geared more towards, cause I know you mentioned an executive director stepping into one. You, you, you feel like you're more geared towards a brand new startup nonprofit. No, it's or maybe literally established. No. Um, our, our academy is for everyone. It, like I said, like the third course is mm. for people who are a nonprofit that's like five years in okay. and they're just ready for that next higher level. Um, I was just giving an example of like lesson. The first course would be stuff like that, but yeah, all the way through to like transitioning from a working board to a more like fun fundraising directed board, what that looks like, what types of people they should be on there. Or you're in that third course and it's, all right, let's do, we got to focus on board development and mm -hmm. we have to focus on like developing our programs and like, time management, all these different things to really get to like higher level networking, higher level social media stuff, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So if someone has a passion and, and you may, you may kind of say like, this is a, a prime person to do this, but if someone has a passion for something and they're like, I really want to start a nonprofit, I really want to give, I mean, Let's say they're not a good public speaker. Like you're a great public speaker. You get out there. You're great at networking. What if they don't have those attributes? Is, is this something that anybody can do? Or you say, like, you know, if you really, if you have these skill sets, it might be a little easier for you if you don't. Like so, I mean, I mean, I would never discourage anyone from starting a nonprofit. I would say, one, it's always better if the founder is the face of the nonprofit because it's your passion that's starting this. And so you obviously have a personal story and that why, that personal story is what the public is going to connect with mm -hmm. um, because it probably involves someone who the type of mission you're not people your nonprofit's helping is right. you have a connection to someone who's been affected. So right. people want to hear that story from you. I would always recommend taking like a public speaking course. Um, and just practicing and remembering that, you know, you're not selling a product. This right. isn't about you. It's about someone else. So when you remove yourself from it, I have no problem asking someone for money. Cause it's not for me. Like I'm right. not benefiting from that money. Right. It's like for disadvantaged children, you know, it's so it doesn't offend me if someone's like, no, cause it's not about me. And so removing yourself from the equation makes it a lot easier, mm -hmm. but if you really, really just hate it, um, especially when it comes like going on the news, like mm -hmm. being on camera, have someone else be the consistent face to represent your nonprofit and have them go speak on your behalf when like you're on the news. I mean, I would say at events and stuff, you should be the one speaking, but when you're, that's like another level on camera. Right. So just choosing someone who's very connected to it as well and have them just be consistently the face because people want to recognize the same face. Right. So what I'm hearing is that it's possible. Yes. You know, <laughs> and it's not like just the dumb and dumb. Long story there's short, saying, there's a chance. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. No, it's good. And I, and I know that people are, you know, definitely afraid of, of public speaking. I do think a course would help, but I, I mean, if I can do it and I feel like anybody can, they threw me in front of 300 people, you know, early in my career. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like crazy. But after you do it once, 
it does get easier. I mean, so. there's lots of like free resources out there. I didn't take a public speaking course because um, I found if I'm talking about something I know, I know every answer about my nonprofit. It's mine. Mm-hmm. I created it. Right. If you put me up there and have me speak about something I don't know that much about, then I of course I'll be more nervous. Right. But there's not there's nothing to be nervous about because I could answer every question. Right. And so I find it's different. I think people equate public speaking to maybe something they don't know a lot about, giving a speech that they've tried to memorize or, you know, it's just different things. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually took, there was a lot of um, free course, like seminars or uh, nugget, you know, hour long classes with, um, gosh, what, what was that? The big famous public speech. Um, Tony Robbins? No. Yeah. Shoot. Well, anyways, just Google like tips. <laughs> Literally, like go to YouTube and like Google public speaking <laughs> just tips. Just throw names out. We'll eventually. Yeah. Um, uh, Google public speaking yeah. tips and record yourself in your room alone mm-hmm. talking about the nonprofit. Get up and give a thirty second elevator pitch. You know, talk. Give the spiel. Pretend you're ta- you're presenting to a room of people and record yourself and watch the things that you do over and over. Right. And then apply those tips and try it again. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause like they say, you know, you want big hands cause it, yeah. you know, standing strip, stiff and straight is not good. And you feel like you're being too animated, but you aren't ever, it's not too animated. It's more engaging. Right. So things like that, you just have to look at like, Oh, okay. That, that's not as crazy as it felt. Right. I think you, you hit a really good point when you were talking about it too. When you're speaking about something, you know, or really when you're speaking about something that you know, and you're passionate yes. about, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to, I mean, for anybody of any, you know, shyness or whatever, um, to, to go wrong. Yeah. I mean, people like, light up when they're, 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 they they're like about. attracted to the passion. Yeah. It doesn't really, I mean, you can be meek, but saying it with like real force and people are like, that's, I want to learn more. Right. I remember sitting with a guy who was talking about parking in Charleston. <laughs> I mean, for anybody that's in Charleston, like listening, you go downtown, the meters and everything. He had this brilliant idea and I listened to it for like an hour talk about how to like, and this is all, this was his vocation parking. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he was, he was, he found out a way to make the city like a million dollars and cut out, you know, um, four meter cops and then have them go to like beautifying the city. And I'm like, this is fascinating. I'm like parking. Like an <laughs> right. hour. And he said, we can talk about parking for an hour, but people can talk about something they're passionate yeah. about and people will be attracted. But to then them. if you took exactly what he said and went and told someone else, it wouldn't come off with the same no. excitement because yeah, you may find it interesting, but it's not your thing. Exactly. So like I, other people will go talk about going places on my behalf. And I'm like, I would love to come. Like, can I come talk about it? Because it's just different when I talk about it versus someone else. Right. That's a good point. It's a really good point. I never thought about it that way. So I want to ask you a couple more questions before we sign off. But when you look at other nonprofits that you're helping and taking them through this process, what's, what's the biggest challenge that consistently surfaces some people are thinking like, you know, what, what kind of things am I going to run into? What do you consistently see as a roadblock? The biggest question people always ask is like, I just, I have a nonprofit, you know, it's like a year, but it just, we're not getting any money. Like, how are you doing this? How are you getting, you know, at the end of 2020, we got like 15 random checks in the mail from companies being like, happy end of year funding. And mm-hmm. it went range from $250 to $2,500. And this is in 2020. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how did you do that? And like, it's not one thing. It's not just one day I did one thing and it changed everything. The main answer to every problem is networking. That is how I built this mm-hmm. nonprofit. 
That's where volunteers, that's where sponsors, that's where donors, that's where board members, that's where my friends, my best friends have come from networking. Right. And so it's, you can't, I always compare it to going to the gym. You can't go to the gym once and work out and expect to be skinny. Mm-hmm. You can't eat a salad once and like, oh, why didn't I lose 20 pounds? Networking right. is the same thing. You can't go to one networking event and expect everything to change. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does just it take that one person to change everything, but it's very rare. Like you're going to meet that one person the only time you go to a networking event. You yeah. have to consistently go and then you'll just find over time. It's like, oh, wow, all this stuff has happened. It's like all of a sudden you've lost weight. And you're like, well, when did that happen? It was, didn't, you didn't just wake up 20 pounds lighter. Right. It's a slow burn. And that's kind of like with a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, all these things have been happening for us. And you can't always pinpoint the source, the exact day, minute, event. But it's it's a result of all the networking because mm-hmm. – the more you show up and the more people see your face, they get to know, like, and trust you. And mm-hmm. what do you want to do for people you know, like, and trust? Help them. Right. And they become friends mm-hmm. because they probably are an entrepreneur or they have something in common with other people networking. You're not just someone sitting in a cubicle from 9 to 5. You go home and watch TV all night. Mm-hmm. Those aren't the people networking. So you may not have as much in common with those people. So you develop these friendships. And then they start hearing you know, they meet other people who say, oh, I, you know, I'm really looking for a nonprofit for my company to be a sponsor of, or I'm looking to volunteer more this year. They'll say, oh, I know this great nonprofit. Right. And they're not going to think of you first if you only show up once or twice. I network almost every single day of the week, sometimes several times a day. And do I always feel like going? No, but I force myself to go because it's important. And now, and I don't see a lot of other nonprofits doing that. They may show up once or twice, but I am consistently there. And it has really benefited us because of it. I'm the first person that comes to mind when these companies are, are looking to, you know, engage with a nonprofit, whether it be volunteering, sponsoring, or just referring us to people. Right. So consistent networking, otherwise you're out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. And it's, that's good. I think it's a really good one. So, I mean, I was going to ask you for a nugget. That might be the nugget. So give me like, instead of, I'll give you another one. one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So social media is the other big one. Sure. I've actually begun by teaching, like people reach out to me, like, can we call to Charleston? His reach out to me to hire me. Just, they were like, we want to hire you to come teach all of our graduate assistants in every single department in the college, a two hour social media session. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Not and even nonprofits, just any, just total social yes, media. Yes. Just social media. Right. And I've had, um, another comp- another huge, like nonprofit in town, reach out to me for the same thing for their board. Wow. And I'm finding this is being asked to me more and more. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should just like create a, a class. <laughs> I should just do this because it's made me feel really good that people are mm-hmm. thinking they're liking what they're seeing. They want me to teach them what I'm doing. And it's not about, we don't have 20,000 followers. So at first I was like, well, but we don't, but then I realized it's the engagement we're getting with the followers that we do have. And that's where people find out about things. I don't know how anyone expects anyone to know what you're doing unless you post about it. And if you post about it once, you're not in anyone's algorithm. You're not going to show up on their feed. So my personal account and my nonprofit account, like I post nonstop and in my Instagram story, everyone who follows me says the minute they open it up, I'm that first circle waiting with a new story to show, mm-hmm. which is what I want because yeah, I post personal stuff, but I also post important work stuff. So they're getting both. Mm-hmm. And with going places, it's the same way. I'm just constantly posting and you can schedule this stuff out on social media calendars and right. 
there's so many different, I mean, I have a whole course on it now. So right. um, a whole workshop. So there's, you know, Instagram Reels. Is it in the nonprofit? So there's category? not the in-depth. I mean, this is like a two-hour class I've developed. In the course, we go through a lot of it over all three because it starts, the first course is like lower level stuff. And then by the third one, it's higher level stuff. Right. So probably all of it is between the three courses. Mm-hmm. But if anyone's interested in just a one-time, just social media, and that applies to all businesses, it's not just nonprofits. Right. Um, I'm, you know, available for that now. That's <laughs> just awesome. like it yeah, fell into my lap. People have to take a nice, big, long vacation yeah. to Charleston, go to college to Charleston. And well, no, I mean, I teach this. No, the, the, so the course is just for the grad assistants, like from the college. Right. But I now teach because I've just been asked so much. Mm-hmm. I've now developed this course. I could do virtually or come in and teach like in person um, awesome. to any business. Yeah. That's actually really good. I think a lot of people, if they make it to this part of the show, if they hear that, I mean, it's important because it's not just a nonprofit thing. And and I can tell you, I mean, we were trying to uptick our social media and it is a cavern trying to figure it out. And I think to your point, you kind of got the blend of, you know, kind of the personal and the business and the cadence and all that. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, there's like insight reading like your, your social Mm -hmm. media insights and with, you know, just hashtags and tagging people and checking into places and sharing and, you know, Instagram reels and the story, there's just all this stuff that you, there's a method to the madness and a lot of it's trial and error. But if someone can just tell, you know, again, it's like, here's what to do. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. I mean, I always, I have a social media intern for going places because I can't keep up with, I also have like a Taco Bell Instagram account. (laughs) As you see, I have this bracelet on like this. I mean, I like, I'm obsessed with Taco Bell. Anyone that knows me knows. Anyway, I have a lot of social media accounts to keep up with, but with going places, you know, it's, there's, you want to always be tagging all the board members and everything, checking into places, you know, it's, and you have, you can't just post once a month. It's several times a week, every week. Mm -hmm. I I hear everything you're saying. I mean, you know, as we sign off, like I'm, I'm, the first time I met you, I was always, I was blown away by your passion and I'm, I'm excited that, I mean, you always... I think had passion, but you just, you just put yourself into an area where you see, I don't want to say an opportunity, but an opportunity to help. So it's like, I want to help people, whether it's, you know, bicycles with going places or, you know, what it, what it was just like nonprofit help in general to social media help. It's like, you're just like, I'm just going to put myself out there to help. And I think you have some really good wisdom and nuggets. So Thanks. I just encourage people to, if they're listening, like reach out, um, if you have questions on any of these things. Yeah. Um, cause I know you're also not a person that's going to let it just kind of get stale. Like you're going to develop. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. And keep updating too. stuff in the course mm-hmm. constantly. I've redone lessons constantly, or I'll add like an additional video being like, Hey, I don't want to redo the whole first lesson, but here's an, here's a, another point I wanted to add to this. Right. Um, because it's, things are always changing, but I have figured it out along the way, the hard way. Like why go through, why reinvent the wheel? Let me just tell you like exactly what to right. do. Good job. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. Appreciate all the the nuggets and look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Thought and Action Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave a review. For more information on what's going on in the world of wealth, make sure to follow Family Fortune Financial on your favorite social media platforms. I look forward to you joining again soon.